0: hi everyone welcome back to behind the timeline the podcast where we examine pop culture in films television and books across the ages as always we are your hosts Lindsay and scott if you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks be sure to leave us a follow on instagram at go behind the timeline check us out on twitter at behind timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts additionally links to our patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast and now on with the show
1: lived in san francisco just north of it he lived in marin county forever
0: yeah
1: he That's shopped at the same grocery it. store uh that like where my dad used to live he saw him one time in the, if you're about in to tell store. me the
0: story about when you saw george lucas eating a burger across the street i'm gonna be so fucking mad
1: i wasn't okay, but j- but similar in case I, I forgot my dad, you guys, and robin
0: williams <laughs> Lindsay could have potentially eaten a burger next to george lucas And she didn't tell me until we met. I can't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do this.
1: One hundred and eighty-seven milliliters is what Good it says. But yeah, Lord, probably. I don't I'd,
0: know that like, conversion rate.
1: No, who knows? Uh, but no, it's it probably is like it's a glass. It's like a full glass of champagne, like to the brim. It's like a to the brim glass oh, of champagne hell yeah, dude. each one of them. So it's like That's a couple hell. of mimosas, maybe in each one. And uh, anyway, the point is, I'm going to get like kind of turned while we. Review Downfire. So welcome to a special Thanksgiving yeah. episode of, of Behind the Timeline, in which we discuss yeah. a film that has nothing whatsoever to do with Thanksgiving.
0: It has to do with family, and that's about as close as you guys are gonna get.
1: Family and divorce? Like totally, this is a Thanksgiving episode. There's mm-hmm. no question. That's, that's where it's absolutely
0: belongs. for full <laughs> disclosure. Scott too has been drinking. So
1: <laughs> it's the holiday weekend, motherfucker. It's a
0: holiday weekend. Well, Let's I have to go. work on Friday, but
1: Ew, you do? Yeah. That's criminal. All right. All right. Well, that sucks to suck. Anyway.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love you.
0: Um no, I am uh this was a hard movie to get through. Like for, like to the very beginning. It was weird. Yeah, it I don't remember this the way I remembered this this time. And I think it's because I'm now it and this show does this to me. Like it makes me watch these movies that I love with an overly critical eye. Mm-hmm. Um not to say that I don't still love this movie. This is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. This movie cracks me up. Um, And I quote this movie all the time. Just like every other movie we've ever reviewed.
1: Just like every movie, yeah. It's like your whole vocabulary of movie quotes.
0: Really no, fun. I
1: also... I Weirdly, I went into this movie expecting what I got. Um, and still like really? it.
0: Really? That never happens.
1: And this is a movie that it's not like a lot of the other like older live actions where i'm like i haven't really seen this like no i mrs doubtfire was in our rotation
2: Yeah.
1: um but uh going into it i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be talking about transphobia for 45 minutes and that is what we're gonna do so i i, t- I sort <laughs> of anticipated that i was like yeah I, I think i know where this is going and I sort of knew how I was going to feel about it and what my takeaways were going to be. And they were pretty dead on. I didn't have a lot Mm -hmm. of like revelations watching this, which surprised me because I haven't seen it in 25 years, but, uh, Oh, wow.
0: I'd probably watched this like six months ago.
1: Oh, not me. I haven't seen this as an adult, but it met, it was like, didn't, nothing really surprised me in it. Uh,
0: I think like a lot of the other movies that we've had in this time period, this is going to show like how far we've come with how, Differently, we looked at things mm-hmm. back then.
1: Yeah, totally. This is a great example of stuff that just like it's, it just kind of doesn't age super well. But it's not like offensive. It's just like ah, a cu- a few. Pits yeah, it's like offensive. oh shit, we
0: thought about that. Yeah, like holy ah, crap, like this like would that.
1: never fly. Yeah, this is yeah. so casual and yikes. It's v- we'll talk about it a lot. Read us into this. Tell me. Just I will read us into Scott. this,
0: Robin. You son of a bitch. Welcome back to the timeline. Yet again, I think this is what his third movie in the timeline already.
1: Fourth. It's got to be. Fourth, it's
0: got to be the fourth, actually. Yeah.
1: I don't remember what the, four, the third one is. other than, uh, Ferngully, Aladdin.
0: Ferngully, Aladdin. Hook. Hook. Yeah. Okay. So this is the fourth one. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Robin Williams basically sponsored the 90s alongside Steven Spielberg.
1: They did. I think we've said that before. That yeah.
0: <laughs> correct. Um, this is actually one of my all-time favorite 90s movies like hands down favorite 90s i probably said that about hook and top gun but top gun came out in the 80s so whatever (laughs) um but here's something i completely forgot this was directed by chris columbus right himself who like had literally just done home alone and would go on to direct the first two harry potter movies
1: i always forget that he did home alone
0: he did he did the first two actually The film is actually based on a novel, Alias Madame Doubtfire, by Anne Fine. Uh, It was adapted into a screenplay by both Randy Mayhem Singer and Leslie Dixon, whose notable works are this. That's, this is it. (laughs) So like
1: how you call it Madame Doubtfire, like you became French for that word.
0: Well, it's got an E on the end of it, okay? That's why I call Vitamin Shoppy. (laughs) 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 And the movie Theatre.
1: Classy. I am very.
0: De classe. Yeah, the film stars Robin Williams as Daniel Hillard, uh, Sally Field as Miranda Hillard, Pierce Brosnan as Stu Dunmire, and has a supporting cast of Lisa Jacob, Matthew Lawrence, and Mara Wilson as the Hillard children, Lydia, Chris, and Natalie, respectively. Most of you will know Meryl Wilson from Matilda, and most of yeah. you will know Matthew Lawrence from I don't know what else he's been from, but he has that face where I want to say he's the guy that plays Jack in Boy Meets World. But I don't think that's right.
1: He has that 90s.
0: Yeah. He like, has that very 18. like home improvement. Jonathan Taylor Thomas looking face.
1: Yeah. Like he could totally be Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but he's not. Yeah. Like, that's probably what we're thinking of, but that's not him. That but actually yeah, might totally. be. <laughs> yeah, that actually like, might be it. Yeah. Uh, and Lisa Jacob. Nothing. She's <laughs> nothing. Uh, just, I, but She I, similarly I has like 90s kid. Like they're just, they're just yeah. a cast of 90s children.
0: Um, give me a plot. Break it down for me.
1: All right, finally reaching their breaking point when Daniel defies Miranda's parental mandates about their son's birthday party. The two Hillard adults separate, much to the devastation of Daniel when his, and not Miranda. When his request to watch the children after school instead of a nanny is denied by Miranda, Daniel concocts a plan to pose as a nanny himself in order to spend more time with his beloved children.
0: That is the nicest way I could have written that. By the way, guys, I want you to know that it's
1: the only nice way to say it because I'm like, that's the only time and for the remainder of the podcast where we're going to have a lot of sympathy for Daniel.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, actually, that's it's crazy, but that's really true. And,
1: and here ends us thinking that he was a good character. That was my biggest surprise. Was that there was he had almost no redeeming qualities? It's like, oh shit! All right. And,
0: yeah. Well, we'll get into it, but um. I put my yeah. notes in wrong here. It wasn't I didn't find it on HBO. It's it's just on Amazon. It
1: right is now. only on Amazon. Yeah, uh and you can rent it or whatever, but I'm pretty sure it's free on Amazon. Um Let's go for the I believe the last time. This is the last time. Into the timeline for 1993.
0: Nineteen ninety and the one after two.
1: It's been a big year of (sighs) nineteen ninety three. It has been a really big year. I'm actually
0: kind of shocked that we still have stuff.
1: (laughs) It kind of doesn't end. To recap, I mean, it hasn't been as it's been pretty crazy. We had Homeward Bound, Jurassic Park, Hocus Pocus, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Mrs. Doubtfire all in Mm nineteen ninety
2: three. So that's been
1: pretty crazy. And we only have one movie from nineteen ninety four, and then we'll be in ninety five for the rest of you know I'm talking the, the death of the sun basically um, yeah so uh the last historical context of 93 this is the year where the x-files premieres um and cheers and saved by the bells are airing their final seasons
0: the that's first- crazy why do i feel like the saved by the bell was a 90s show
1: it's cuz it was in reruns when we were kids so when oh, we were watching on saturday true. morning it was syndication yeah, yeah. I know it's, that's crazy. Right. Um, and then let's see the first got milk commercial ran, uh, Ryan Gosling and Justin Timberlake joined Britney, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera in the new Mickey mouse club.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. That I did know. I did know. I forgot Ryan Gosling was in there, but I did know that JT was part of that shit.
1: I totally forgot about Ryan Gosling.
0: (laughs) The tomato meter kind of blows my mind about this one. Um,
1: I double checked it before we started recording. I said Scott must have pulled this from an old template.
0: Yeah, no, this is one hundred percent accurate, dude. Seventy <laughs> percent on the tomato meter and seventy-seven percent audience score. Like, for how much everybody loves this movie, and I talk about it as often with like my friends and stuff about the nineties. That's like insanely low.
1: Ridiculously, I yeah, I think that that uh the the critic score tracks a little bit more for me. But I slightly, I'm yeah. Really surprised by the audience. I thought it would be like a critics of 77 or 80, like a strong C low B. But yeah, the audience, audience would be like in the A's. I would think like a solid B B plus for the audience. But no such luck on Mrs. Statfire. So it did I'm glad we threw me.
0: this in here, dude. This has been throwing me off every time. It's told me a lot about like, all of this shit
1: because I'm a genius and you are. what are. you do it's, without me?
0: and a Dude, I wouldn't even be... A, I'd be talking to myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'd be doing without you. There you go. Realism.
1: Oh my God.
0: Um, Oscar winners and nods. Obviously, we've already covered it, but Unforgiven won in 93. But Mrs. Doubtfire actually... And I didn't know this until I was doing my notes for this. Actually won an Academy Award. It won Best Makeup for the 93 or... It, you're keeping track. The 66th annual... Academy Awards.
1: Did it win in 93 or in
0: 94? Well, it won in 94, which was the 66th annual. Yeah, uh,
1: the Oscar is always
0: i know the way we write that i gotta change that or something it's,
1: we, well because it's like i'm interested in what happened the year that the movie came out but i'm also I interested know. in what the movie was eligible for so it's always a little bit of both but uh yeah, yeah so Mrs. i'm not D'Empire going over any winners
0: i'm not I doing because, it because
1: because them's the rules because listeners may not have heard the others the big winners were picket fences and seinfeld the top grossing movie was jurassic park uh with almost a, a billion margin. dollars, yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, Jurassic Park took the the top worldwide gross spot from ET that year, which I think is interesting. We haven't said that before, um, so yeah. you know, the more you know. Another and Spielberg Mrs. movie. Yeah, well, yeah. Seriously, speaking of, <laughs> um, and Mrs. Doubtfire came in just over two hundred million. Wait, but hang on, isn't that interesting that Jurassic Park, one of the first movies to edge up towards a billion in the nineties beats out et and it's the same director and then we have a very similar thing play out with Endgame. no sorry with um titanic and avatar
0: titanic and avatar yeah not that interesting that is that kind the, of crazy it shows innovation directors? in directorial debuts and stuff like that like james cameron had done like wild shit but his
1: name is james, james cameron, cameron <laughs> the greatest pioneer
0: <laughs> every time uh, he's mentioned guys it's happening
1: it's a rule James Cameron or the Bar, which is my funniest oh, joke. Yeah, that, or the bar. That, that is actually make. the funniest. Yeah, the funniest I actually joke really I make. Like that one. Yeah, the bar is so low, James Cameron can't find it. <laughs> I like have said that to my friends, like to their faces. Really? I've just been like, listen, like when we're talking about guys and stuff, yeah, I'm like, listen, James Cameron couldn't find the bar right now. We need to do better. That's the kind of friend that I am. I'll just tell Hell you. Hell yeah.
0: But it's brutally honest. As brutal as the deaths on the Titanic, the movie that James Cameron directed.
1: Mm-hmm. And adds as the depths of, of Avatar: The Way the of depth, Water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I that's hate all episodes, just
0: James Cameron jokes.
1: It that's true. My whole life is a James Cameron joke. Tell me about this crazy shit that I didn't know about with the sequel. Yeah,
0: first. dude. So there actually was a sequel planned with literally with everybody coming back, like including Pierce Brosnan and Sally Field, except for Meryl Wilson. Yeah.
1: So, who was Mara Wilson, the daughter? No.
0: She's the youngest one. She's Natalie.
1: Uh, oh, weird. So, the so, one
0: that's like, we're his goddamn kids, too.
1: Yeah, but so Matilda, the one who actually had an yeah. acting career, was the only one that didn't want to come back. She
0: didn't want to come back. Yeah. yeah that's very
1: reminiscent of the Olsen twins in the much, House, so. isn't it? Yeah. They're like, we actually were successful, so fuck you. Even though she was in the one movie. Yeah,
0: we don't need you guys at all. Here's our little sister to carry the Marvel Cinematic Universe for you guys. (laughs) So it was actually in talks. It was going to happen um, until Robin passed away in 2014. Chris Columbus officially shelved it in like permanently in 2021 when he stated that the movie is absolutely impossible without Robin Williams' involvement. And I totally agree. That's so true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, aladdin was enough of a bomb without him Very in live true action like can you imagine trying to do something like this where it's not just the voice like no yeah.
0: way it's just it's a goof it's absolutely a goof
1: all right let's get into it let's go to the movie
0: <gasps> let's go right to the movie yeah depression yeah this is interesting and we're only mentioning it this way because I originally thought this was on Disney plus as well as HBO max, but there is no warning for this movie whatsoever. And you would think it needed one in parts. I feel like it should have one, but again, this is one of those things where it's like, it's the nineties and people didn't think the way we think right now. So I'm trying to like, I, I don't right. know, like, take it from me, please.
1: Think about, like, the warning. Like, I'm talking about, like, this is the warning that wasn't if this were on Disney Plus. Because the other streamers, right. to be clear, do not have the big cultural impact warning. Only Disney Plus does that warning. And in the same way that we can watch, uh, say, Dumbo. any of the movies that have a, a warning. No, because Dumbo's so fucking bad. I, like, John Aladdin's a wind. good example. We So bad actually no, that is God, really bad. those I are, are movies I that no no I'm thinking more of like an Aladdin like it's bad um, but we had to break that down a little bit right we have to get like educated about what's going on there it's not obvious it's not Dumbo where it's like oh this is extremely racist right like it's like oh something doesn't feel right about this I don't know whether society is there yet to give a warning because of its insensitivity to tr- the trans population. I have no idea, or the trans community. I don't know whether Disney Plus would put a warning on this, but and I think a lot of people would probably be like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." But I, Lindsay, would put a warning on this, and I shall tell you why. Um, but in some ways, like to to sort of. Give it its proper context. Um, this was pretty progressive for its time, right? Uh, and there's been other movies we've reviewed where we've been able to say that. Like, man, this is good and it's bad. Like, it's yeah, like Sex absolutely. in the City. Yep. It was yeah. so good, but it's so bad. And it just sort of depends on how you frame it, you know? Like, Aladdin, same thing. You could say Aladdin was like, yeah, but there's like people of color in this. Like there's, you know oh, well, what I mean. Yeah. In some ways, there's some good to it, but like this definitely normalizes divorce. It talks about diverse family structures. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, to yeah, to a degree, exactly. We'll get into it. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire learns a feminist lesson on the bus or something, right? Like there's like that sort right, of yeah. <laughs> like-
0: oh, well, and it's like, and they. So here's the thing. Like here's the problem that I have, and I'm glad that you're here. Like you wouldn't be, but um, it's. For me, it's like funny to watch this scene of him walking across the street and the guy tries to steal his bag and he uh-huh. just, he's just like, back off, asshole. Like, that shit's funny to me because that's kind of like a surprise. I'm not a lady.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, kind of thing. But, like, is, like, does that scene play differently? You're like, oh shit, dude. That's like a real fucking thing that, like, could. First of all, they're in San Francisco. So I don't know how much of that is going on in the daylight. But. <laughs>
1: it's also san francisco in the 90s every like crime was very way true. higher um, and so true. where the stereotypes about it like i think an important context for this film is how much it's like even just down to the idea of like well they got divorced and she was married to like hairy ass goofy robin williams but now yeah. she's, with pierce, brosnan.
0: Now like, she's what? with pierce brosnan holy
1: shit like somebody stepped up like it's true. you know but that is a stereotype in itself of like the really sexy other guy who that like, it's all this whole movie is kind of built on tropes. And yeah. So I, I think like that context is important and, and no, I don't think I thought the scene in the street was funny. Like, I think what's, what's interesting about it is that like Mrs. Doubtfire is a character who is cross-dressing, who's not trans and there's and there, I'm gonna talk about all the ways that there's problems with the trans stuff. But what's funny is that it's like, no, Robin Williams is not playing a trans person at all. Mrs. Stoutfire is not trans. So it is funny when Mrs. Stoutfire turns around and says, What are you fuck are you looking at? Like breaks yeah. character. Cause Mrs. because it's it's a break of character. It's not a, any kind of attempt at um portraying a trans person finding out
0: who you are or like being your real self or whatever it's just like you're playing for him it's just a role like it's just a role or or an acting role because that's what he did before him
1: yeah he's breaking character every time that he uses his regular voice in the mrs doubtfire outfit so it's like like that scene no i thought that was wicked funny i think it's funny on the bus when uh when Like I the guy's it. hitting on him and he leaves and he's like this misogynistic fucking piece. Of, like when he leaves. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like there are woke parts of Mrs. Doubtfire where like Robin, but like Robin's character, whose name I do not know and do not Daniel. care to, to learn. Yeah, whatever. Robin Williams <laughs> um, it's like, <laughs> doesn't explicitly have like an issue. It's it's not uh, what women want, for instance. Remember that movie? Uh,
0: yeah, with the... Uh- Mel Gibson.
1: Yeah, where he's a total misogynistic piece of shit. And then he like yeah. can read women's minds and he like becomes a sex feminist. god. Yeah, I remember that. And a sex and god, speaking, yeah. yeah. As you would, as anyone would if you yeah, could read as anybody would. Minds.
0: Yeah. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> yeah. Or for the record, if you were a speedster. Um it, Barry it, Allen can vibrate his tongue. I want that for the record.
2: It I want doesn't that out end.
1: there. It's just true. And nobody gives it it enough credit. Like, nobody talks. Everyone's Is like, oh, speedsters would be so bad in bed. They'd be so fast. I'm like, bitch, you're not even
0: thinking. That's not even how that works. Okay, never mind. I do not have time to talk about this right
1: now. thought about it a lot.
0: Oh, I bet.
1: (laughs) So, um... No, I think that I think there are funny parts in this movie and I think there are parts of this movie that are really progressive for its time and in its own context. And I think like the other thing that's like interesting about this movie is that it has this really like campy undertone and it has a huge following in the gay community. Like gay people love this movie. It's like it's it has a huge queer following. So. It does, and it also does have gay representation with Daniel's brother, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Daniel's brother, who uh, Robin Williams actually fought to have him as his brother. That was, um, it was going to be someone else. I can't remember, but the actor called Robin Williams and was like, dude, I would love to do this. And Robin's like, "Um, fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, and he has a boyfriend. Like, explicitly, there's, like, another adult male who he, like, lives with in a sexual way at his home. Like, he has a boyfriend.
0: Um, when the kids find out about well, when um Chris and Liddy find out about it, they ask him who did this, and he says Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack. So he is kind of using like identifiers. He says Aunt Jack. Yeah, he says Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack.
1: That's weird.
0: Yeah, so I'm like, this is like I don't is this like, like a positive thing or is like, is he saying it because it's supposed to be funny that he's gay? Or well, see, like-
1: it's a little bit of both, which is kind of where we were in the nineties. Like when did Willie yeah. Grace come out? Like the end of the nineties, oh, like right? late
0: nineties. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're like coming up. I mean, that's within five years, right? So we're coming into a place where there is a lot more acceptance for the LGBT community in society. And these kinds of things are still accepted. And the issues that I am about to point out around the trans stuff in this movie Mm -hmm. are like barely noticed but it's it so it's this weird kind of turning point around in society that we're going to watch unfold over the next 20 years so prepare everyone to step from a place where i mostly rant about feminism to where i'm now going to start talking about lgbt stuff a lot more too um yay
0: yay (laughs) i'm going to make everything
1: so fun so it here's gets worse something.
0: from here, by the way, guys. Like, this is not the last, like, not funny part of this movie that we discuss. I just mm, want to throw that out there.
1: We're talking about the good parts right
0: now. <laughs> yeah.
1: So here's where it starts to get not okay. There's a, For a film that is pretty open to, like, gay people in general. Right? right? There are a lot of anti-trans comments and references throughout this whole movie. So like we have the standard, like Norman Bates thing. Um, yeah. and Miranda, like when she's like looking for a nanny, she, and, and, uh, Robin's like calling and.
0: Oh yeah. You know, I don't do males. Cause I used yeah. to be one
1: conning her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she hangs up immediately and we're And, and it's kind of like you said, it's like where it's like Schrodinger's offensive movie, because right. there's like, you never know. Like in some ways that's, Like super yuck the way that she responds to that. But at the same time, it's like Robin made that joke or what's the character's name again? Daniel. Daniel. Daniel makes the joke. But also Daniel is
0: like doing all of that. Yeah.
1: But except he's not trans. He's like making a joke out of it or he's he's cross-dressing, which is a term you don't hear very much anymore because it's not very pc and i kind of apologize for using it
0: well it's also not like relevant anymore it's not really cross-dressing anymore it's being who you are
1: yeah people would use that as a negative thing
0: yeah it was more as like an insult like
1: well here's what we had for some historical context around that transgender is a much more recent term relative to this right you know, the span of humans talking about this. That's a more recent term. One that older millennials will remember from when we were kids is transsexual. That's something that used to get said a lot. That's no longer the term. Uh, and you don't hear it very often. Uh, and you would hear transvestite. crossdresser, transvestite. Yep. Which vest, fist, like, right? That's dressing. That's about clothes. If right. You no, I Latin. get that.
0: And when I was a kid, I learned that from like Rock or Horry Picture Show.
1: Sure. Right. And and so there's a lot of like, uh, w- before there was any concept of like gender fluidity, really, yeah. there were all these other terms. And then the thing that really sucks uh, is that in the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistics Manual, mm-hmm. which is like how you diagnose in the mental health world and in the psychology world, right. um, being trans was in there for a while as a disorder. It's no longer. Uh, but for a long time it was in the DSM. And so I'm not making excuses. I think if anyone's ever listened to more than seven seconds of this podcast, you know exactly where I stand on this issue. Uh, but in terms of the historical context around what, how this would have been int- interpreted at the time, I believe in the early nineties, it was still in the DSM. I actually think it was in the DSM when I was in school, uh, in college in the early 2000s. So. You know the way that we handle this and think about it in society is changing really rapidly really recently, and th- so yeah. it's like it was in the it's it's like that's the context in which this movie was made um where we're starting to have right. some acceptance of the gay community, but the trans community is still like uh you know drag queens for instance was the thing that people knew about it, and that was kind of as acceptable as that got like drag was as close as you're right. getting to um. To being trans being an acceptable thing, and it's still in the DSM and it's all a nightmare. And so we really see this play out in the plot more than just in the comments when when Mrs. Doubtfire gets caught by the sun peeing.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So all little kid, what's his name knows is that Mrs. Doubtfire has a penis, mm. right? That's or like a Shiwi that she just really likes because those things are clutch. But uh
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm
1: just saying, ladies, if you don't have a Shiwi and and you're ever outdoors, uh, you should get a Shiwi. But like if this is made today, this reaction is not okay. Like the kids immediately want to call the cops just be they don't know you're not who you say you are. You created this character, you're in a fucking bodysuit. They don't yeah. know any of that. All they know is that Mrs. Doubtfire has a penis. And they want to call the police. The th- son threatens violence. Um, it's a very typical reaction. And you have to think about it for a hot second of like, yeah, wait. Because we as an audience know that what uh Daniel is doing on. Yeah. is fucking not okay. And we're going to talk about that. But being trans is fine. It's great. It has nothing to do with it. What Daniel's doing is committing fraud.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but all they know is that that Mrs. Doubtfire has a penis, and they lose it, and they are so horrified. And it's that kind of thing, like that, ex- like the fact that that is in this movie that unintentionally creates stereotypes. Because I'm sure that they're not- Robin Williams wasn't out there to get after the trans community. Like that's not why this was. Made. No, you but have to remember too. That that before there- he
0: made this movie, hold on, I'm going to interrupt you really quickly. Yeah, for no, everybody forgets. Before he made this movie, he did the Birdcage where he and Nathan Lane own a drag club in Miami as a gay couple. Yeah. So he is like no stranger to this kind of like world. Obviously this is a completely different type of.
1: No, but I see what you're saying. Robin Williams was super, super liberal. Like he was as blue as you go. Like he was not, he did not have a problem with the LGBT community.
0: Right. And I think the big difference like between this movie and like yeah it's super like whoa dude like what do you and i even thought that when i was watching this because i forgot that chris picks up the racket or not chris Liddy picks up the racket to attack mrs doubtfire Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when chris is like i'm gonna call the cops
1: exactly and trans people are at such higher risk like such disproportionately high risk for violence and for sexual assault and it's just this is the, and I'm not saying Mrs. Doubtfire created that by itself, but it definitely is part of it. Like, the fact that this was so commonplace in mm-hmm. films uh, and media all for all this time is, like, this is how people who are otherwise not hateful or just uninformed, this kind of thing is what creates those stereotypes about predation that harm trans people.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I so think like, a big part of it, too, is... And again, I'm not making excuses for the characters. I'm not. I just have to look at this as the time that this occurred, the age of the kid, and basically what he just, everything was going great for them, like, up until this point. And I do have questions about that later. But (laughs) (laughs) um, he, everything he knows is now completely on its head. And his first reaction is to flip out about it. I can understand that part of it. Cause you're gonna you're the it's the typical trope of like you're all you always fear what you don't understand what I don't get is him going into the room and being he can't even talk he's just like so he's in shock he's like, what the fuck is going on here and he's trying to tell Liddy and he's like he's a she she's a he he's a she and uh liddy's like, what the fuck are you talking about and he comes in I don't get why liddy's initial reaction is to put up defenses against him
1: well because of these stereotypes because the stereotype is that trans people are trying to trick you and that's why this movie is so fucking harmful because that's why the characters react that way because that's the stereotype and the stereotype is there because movies like this exist that tell us that this is how we should react and The fact that it was made in the early 90s, great. Like, we can, yes, acknowledge to all of that. And it's still okay to look back on something all these years later, 30 years later, Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? This is kind of how we got here. Yeah. Like, this is, and it's not saying that anyone who was involved in it at the time was malicious, but these kind of things being so normal, like, if we want to understand why these stereotypes about trans people exist, look no further than Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Because it's like... Okay, so the immediate reaction is like, call cops, flip out, threaten violence, be scared. These are all the, the stereotypes that we have about trans people that they're trying to trick us, that they're trying to somehow gain access to like vulnerable people. Like, like the idea that people will pretend to be trans in order to access a women's bathroom, which, for the record, doesn't happen. It's a stereotype and a fear that we have as a society that it's like propagated by things like Mrs. Doubtfire to say, but what if, what if this happened? And Mrs. Doubtfire is just saying, hey, yeah, what if that did happen? And what well, if it was your yeah. ex-husband? And what if now you're telling him all your darkest secrets and he's with your kids alone and stuff and like probably taking your little girl to the bathroom and like, it's, but it's a man. Like, oh no, that's what this movie is about. So in a lot of ways, this is like as offensive to the trans community as it is fucking possible to be. Like in a lot of ways, this is right up there with Silence of the Lambs, because that shit did some lasting damage. Oh, like, that's yeah, a did. great example of one that like that uh buff- it's Buffalo Bill, right? And yeah, wild yeah, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, has by itself propagated that stereotype to its its inability to die. Like it's just forever. Um of you know, trans people being violent, trans people being
0: Psychopaths or psychopaths. murderers and all that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, just like they make the reference to psycho in this movie, right? Like uh the Norman Bates reference. Oh, he
0: makes a Norman bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the specific, exactly. Psychos. Like that's the, that's what this movie is propagating. And it's really fucking bad. And like, I just, oh, I don't like it. Yeah. Would you
0: say that the majority of the prejudicial side of this movie is predicated on the fact that we, at the time of this movie, did not know or didn't want to know.
1: I think that this is like, honestly, completely unintentional the way that no, they No, I get that this. it's
0: unintentional. I know, but like,
1: I don't think they were thinking about it is what I'm saying. I don't think they gave it a second thought. Oh, I like we at all. Playing, oh, okay.
0: All right. Like, that was my all. question I was like, did you think they thought about like the impact that this would no. happen? Anyway? Okay.
1: No. And I think that's the problem. I think that, uh, I think that nobody did. And, it was just sort of like a true thing. Like you can see basically this exact thing happen in sex in the city, a couple episodes. Mm. And that's made much later. That's in the late nineties, early O's. And there's yeah. a lot of like the, any reference to trans people in sex in the city, you can guarantee it's bad. Like our societal, um, acceptance of the trans community is new. Like that is new in the last less than a decade. Mm. hmm um one thing they do that isn't the worst is when Daniel gets caught in the dinner scene as Mrs. Doubtfire with his boss which is hilarious when he's just like all right oh, I'm caught yeah. he has no idea he's in that outfit and he's yeah. just like well fuck like what do I say like it's like Daniel and he's like yeah I was like, oh my God, like Robin Williams was like, he is really, it was really funny. Um, But the fact that his boss is so like, yeah, okay, let's do the dinosaur show in this outfit or whatever. Like, that sounds great.
0: Yeah. And it transformed into that. yeah, Yeah. And that
1: was like, that was kind of woke. Like they're like, this movie is not like out to get anybody. And at the same time, when you think about it for more than a second, a lot of it's bad. The worst stuff is at the very end. So here's where the, that DSM stuff comes back around. Right. Yeah, in
0: the when they have to go back to uh family court.
1: Yeah. So they go back to family court after he's been caught to finalize because and remember, because we're gonna get to this soon, <laughs> they told him in the beginning of the movie, just wait, once you get settled, we'll revisit the custody agreement.
0: Deal. Yeah.
1: Just don't commit massive fraud. And it's probably fine. Like don't break the law between now and then. But anyway, so now and then passes and he does all these horrible things. They go back to court and they tell him that his lifestyle. So the word they use is potentially dangerous and that he needs psychological testing. And this is all around the trans element. It's not about the fact that he committed fraud. It's not about the fact that he lied. It's like it's about the trans element of what happened explicitly. And they tell him you need psychological treatment, which again, at the time, DSM, like I want to actually, um, real quick, let me look that up. Okay. So, um, so yeah, with the DSM, they, they only took, um, it was called gender identity disorder, um, out of the DSM in 2013. And, um, they declassified, Homosexuality is a Mental Illness, in 1973. Uh, So, 3.30 years or so, right? Interesting, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, so at this time when the movie's made, like, that's in the DSM, right? So they're telling him, it, it just, it, it really sucks that that's the message of this movie is like, yeah,
0: that he needs to be. Well, and he even says it too, when he's talking to Miranda, like, do you have any idea what it's like to go to the park with someone watching you the whole time? You look like you're some kind of sexual deviant.
1: Yeah. Anyway. talk to us about the next fucking depressing ass thing in this comedy movie review. Yeah. It's like Woo! this is some heavy shit for Robin Williams dresses as an old lady. Like this is really Welcome like- back to
0: behind the timeline where we ruin your childhood with realism.
1: <laughs> we have way less fun than you would think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um so yeah, the staggering staggeringly real look at what divorcing households actually look like is what this movie should be called. Um I would honestly
1: There's a real Housewives joke in there and I don't have I'm it. I'm sure there is.
0: I'm
1: just pointing it out <laughs> I'm aware I'm aware there's a, a comedy opportunity.
0: Um I think honestly save for like 1979's Kramer versus Kramer with Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep, I genuinely don't think that any movie up to this point showcased what like actual damage and heartache goes along with divorce. Not just from like one parent who's like I cheated on you, let's get broken up or whatever. This is nothing like that. This is literally two parents at the end of each other's ropes. Not even the end of their ropes. They're at the end of each other's ropes. And they just don't acknowledge. Until like, honestly, dude, I would divorce Daniel over this bullshit. This birthday party. I would divorce
1: Daniel so fucking fast, dude. This is this
0: is insane. But here is the biggest problem with this: this isn't one sided. If you look at the movie, it really isn't one sided. Daniel's whole thing is his inability to accept responsibility. That is the journey he goes on in this movie. But it all starts. We have to have a diving board to figure out where he is. It all starts when we see that he is a principled man. He refuses to do the voice acting for a cartoon because the cartoon is smoking.
1: Yeah, they make him out to be such a good guy. And then yeah. it turns out that having quit that job is like unbelievably irresponsible and is going to like lead pretty directly to his divorce. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's like the fifth or sixth time he's done that because the kids even have a reaction to it. When he says, I got off work early." they're like, Ugh, you mean you quit? It's like, OK, so they've had this conversation.
1: Multiple
0: yeah. fucking times.
1: Yeah, somebody needs to get off their soapbox and
0: for real. Maybe says, just accept that. Says the person
1: who built a fucking castle on her soapbox and lives there now, Gosh,
0: yeah. lords over everyone else like fucking asshole. <laughs> no, that's so not true. Okay, I don't know. Sometimes a I think they set up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, the biggest thing <laughs> for me is like so yeah he he does all these things, and he's irresponsible, but he has like a an amazing relationship with the kids. Everything he does yeah. is from this love for his children. He even says so in the in the first court appearance. He says, "I have to be with them like there hasn't been a day where I haven't been around them. I haven't been able to talk to them, you know, show them how much I love them, be around them. I need to see my children yeah. so it is very apparent that he does this stuff. Specifically for their benefit. Now, the flip side, I genuinely never feel like Miranda has the same level of love for her children or even compassion because they're barely just divorced and she's already looking for someone. To watch the kids and I mean somebody Im- has
1: to she has no a no, job. I get
0: that, but th- that's what I'm getting to. and then immediately, knowing how much Daniel loves these kids immediately shoots down him saying, "I want to watch the kids
1: that part I don't get. yeah, him losing custody, I get but yeah, Daniel- I do too
0: because he had no residence, he couldn't hold a job. That makes sense from a legal standpoint, he never should have had even joint custody of those kids yet. And again, well, we there's nowhere for
1: them that. to be. He didn't have an apartment. Exactly. And yeah, they were like, you do not. They say in court, we will revisit this when you have secure housing and employment. Yeah. And in that six seems months like-
0: time, six months. No one in that court was like, what the fuck, dude? That's insane.
1: It's not insane. Six months yeah. to get on your feet. That's like, that sounds right. It's actually six- pretty I know short. it's a long I'm time, but it's like, yeah. And I mean. I don't have kids. I get that that sucks. But like, yeah, if you have nowhere to live and no job, like six months to like get your shit together is how long it ultimately takes him to get his shit together, by the way. Like, but you know what I mean? Like to have the house in a a way that like the kids could feasibly stay there. There's three kids. It's not like a one bedroom apartment. You can can keep the kids for a week. That custody agreement would never happen if that was your living arrangement.
0: No, not a chance in hell. And he even (laughs) he even makes the joke. When they're having dinner and Miranda comes to pick them up, she's like, wow, you've been here, what, like a month? And he's like, yeah, I was going for this fleeing my homeland motif. I'm like, bro, you've been here for a month. It looks like you just wheeled this shit up yesterday. Do you or do you
1: not want custody of your children? And are you willing to work for it in a way that isn't just fucking funny to you? That's my problem with Daniel, right? I'm like, uh... You're such a douchebag. Like, I just, well, Miranda but anyway. Miranda says
0: it too. She's like, eventually, when she's telling Mrs. Doubtfire, she's like, eventually everything just stopped being funny. And I think the part that, and I'm not going to say you missed it. Because I know you have a lot of hate for Daniel, and it's rightfully. It's not like, even hate. It's just like. Annoyance. Like, it's just like, bro. I, bro it's love. a
1: lack of empathy or something. I, for
0: yeah, me. I think that's that's fair. A lack of empathy. I have immeasurable empathy for Daniel because, not immeasurable, I should retract that. I have an amount of empathy <laughs> for, for <laughs> <A> Daniel. zero. <laughs> yeah, above zero, but maybe less than 10. Um, because. Trauma of the magnitude that he went through radically changes people's lifestyles. Like it radically changes the way that they're going to think about things. He was super not responsible. He was super like, you know, flippant and childlike and stuff. And when he realized that someone else was going to step in and replace his role as like the, basically the guardian of these kids, because Miranda didn't, made it clear she did not want him to be that person. He immediately was like, I have to do something. So he sabotaged her, her trying to find a nanny until he could figure out a plan to be the nanny himself. Granted, the way he went about it is totally not okay. but And we've covered that <laughs> extensively. I'm not going to refill. I'm not going to rehash that shit. But Oh,
1: I am slightly before. Oh, we, no, we I have know you t- are. I we haven't totally nailed down all of the things. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> the, the biggest thing is like Miranda is not the good guy here. But Daniel is not the good guy either. Both of them do shit without thinking of the kids while telling them they're thinking of them. I, the, the biggest thing to me, like the thing that hit me the most out of this entire, like everything that happened with the kids was Chris blamed himself for the parents splitting up. Yeah. He literally tells Daniel, none of this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had a birthday. And that genuinely is one of the most real things I've literally ever felt from a movie fucking ever. And I've never talked about this with anybody. You guys are going to hear this for the first time. Literally. I've never talked about this with anybody. My parents got divorced when I was 17. And by 17, you're kind of like, Oh, I'm an adult. Like parents fight. Like it's a thing, whatever. I wasn't shocked by my parents getting divorced. I don't think anybody was, they had just drifted apart very similarly to the way that Daniel and Miranda had not as aggressive my mom never or my dad never brought in a fucking horse to the, like you know to the house or whatever but like <laughs> <laughs> you know my mom never walked in the house and was like you ate my begonias like that never that shit never happened but <laughs> there was a lot of times where it was like dude what part of this am like am i at fault for and hearing chris like say that was like holy shit dude this isn't just like a thing. This isn't like a stereotype or like, like, hey, he had the birthday and that's like the catalyst. No, like the kids actually think it's their fault to a degree. And so like watching this and talking about it the way that this movie does, I think helped a lot of people realize that, yeah, dude, your parents don't live together, but it literally doesn't have anything to do with you. It It is that two, and again, Mrs. Doubtfire says it at the end when she's closing out her show, which is my favorite part of the whole movie, Um, that just because two people don't live with each other doesn't mean that they stop loving you. Or uh, d- uh just because two people stop loving each other doesn't mean they stop loving you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the m- most important, s- le- like, even above what Daniel learns here, which is to be responsible and a fucking adult. Um, right. <laughs> I need to know.
1: No, this is the heart of the movie. This is the crux yeah. of the movie. And I'm with you. Like it's it's why when I organized our notes, I put the Tran's conversation
0: first. First, yeah.
1: Because I'm like I want that to be the context with which we view this. I don't want to forget about it at any point in this review. Right. And this divorce stuff is what this movie is about, and that's why I think it's okay even though I clocked it they, mm-hmm. All the families they talk about in that speech are like cis, yeah, you know, Heteros. hetero families, um, the
0: nuclear family, as it were. The
1: point is, like, yeah, I clocked that, but the point of the of it is just what you said—that what they say is not all of them live together. Sometimes yeah. they're not together, and that's okay, and it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. And like that is so prevalent for so many kids, but I think especially. For kids who are our age, who are kind of like those older millennials, and most of the way through the millennials, I think most of the Gen Xers, like so many Gen people, are divorced.
2: Well, yeah, and
1: and also like families are just sort of like different now in the ways that I was talking about. Like, there's so much more than like, are your parents together or not? It's like, of course they're not. Are like, yeah, <laughs> no shit, right? Nobody's parents are together. No, but there's, now you like, have oh.
0: questions like, are your parents even married? Like,
1: the, yeah, um, did they ever get? I have lots of friends who are like in committed relationships oh, yeah. and own homes with their partners and are not married and have kids yeah, and are not married. And that was weird when we were younger. So I think it's less so for the Z's and the A's that are now coming up,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: in the sixties and seventies, divorce rates in the U S just fucking skyrocketed and they pretty much stayed there. They came down a little bit. Um, but the divorce rates stayed pretty high. So these gen Xers who were making the movie, are the children of the divorce boom yeah. that was impacting these millennial kids who were like us watching it in the nineties and having this like really strong tie between the generations. Like those were the the people who made this movie were impacted by that and they were making it for kids and for parents who also were impacted by that. And it's kind of like, why is the Rotten Tomatoes so low? Because it's very this is very cookie cutter bullshit. I get why the critics rate. Oh yeah, low. I know.
0: Like I yeah. said about
1: Pierce Brosnan, right? This is all just kind of a <laughs> bunch an of tropey, silly, easy shit. I mean, the trope of like, oh, I'm at two different dates at the same dinner, got to switch back and forth. How many episodes of sitcoms have you seen? This oh, that I know. One? Like yeah. that was most of this movie. Like, it's I've got to very... pretend to be into
0: two different girls, jump between rooms, kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, it's overdone. It's a trope.
1: Yeah. It's not original at all. Nothing in this movie is. But it's great because of Robin Williams. Like, I get why the critic score is low, but I'm like, why don't audiences like this more? Like, this really like was speaking to people because the kids watching this, their parents were getting divorced, and their parents are watching it and they're in the divorce. And like, so, but I, I like that this movie made you think about your parents' divorce and that experience because my parents also got divorced when I was a little older than you were, but they were living in separate countries when I was 17. Like that was clear. Like we had. We had like, that was, they were pretty split up. It just wasn't legal. We were all, st- I was stoked when it became legal, <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> you know, that had been going on, but, um, but I thought about my own divorce, even though we didn't have kids. Mm. I was definitely, so that was kind of interesting. I read your note and I was like, oh yeah, my parents got divorced too, but I'm over here thinking about mine.
0: <laughs> but so did I. Like, yeah. but maybe,
1: but- so, so night i'm now old
0: <laughs> every time i get a beer i'm reminded that you are by the way i want you to know that that your invitation is still on my fridge oh
1: because of my divorce party invite yeah because i'm fabulous <laughs> <'Cause>
0: you're wonderful <laughs> oh i'm so pissed it I says there. i'm
1: divorced in all capital letters yeah
0: it's awesome
1: i do i do love my divorce party invite uh but yeah i think this this spoke to people in a big way and this was the point of the movie and they did such a good job of like. It is sad when he says it's because I had a birthday, and I do have to point out, like, did I miss something of like why, like the thing that really makes Miranda seem like an unpleasant person, um, a nasty woman, even. You can it's, say
2: like, it. I'm bitch.
1: not. I'm not going to say it in this context. <laughs> you know that I'm not afraid to say it, but no, I'm going to say it in this context. But uh, but the thing that like she calls really herself sets that heavy. up is like. But, like, why isn't he allowed to have a birthday? Like, what happened? What did this kid do? Because that's a big yeah. takeaway. Birthday He's is a big birthday. To, like, any birthday. Like, you don't take somebody's birthday away. You find another way to punish them for something or you delay it or whatever. You make a deal. Like, you don't completely demolish the birthday. What did he do?
0: So, that's the other thing. Like, if you listen... There's, there's all things, there's all kinds of things that like don't add up, but they also help solidify that the kids don't like Miranda as much as they like Daniel. Yeah. Big part of it is Liddy says, mom said no parties. Why? Why? It's his 13th birthday. This kid had to have murdered a neighbor's animal.
1: That's what I'm thinking. Like, he must like, be a
0: serial killer. Like, well, what happens that we're
1: not doing? How many so dead that-
0: squirrels are in their backyard? Like, what the it's- fuck?
1: <laughs> Little is Grace. he, like,
0: shining flashlights and running across the street in the fog in the middle of the night naked? Like, like what the what hell is he doing? doing?
1: Yeah, I don't understand that.
0: Here's where it falls apart. She, she says that Daniel always makes her out to be the heavy. But we already know... Liddy said, "The Miranda said they can't have a party, but when she comes home after being called by the neighbor that there's animals outside of her house, she has this big ass soccer cake, meaning that she fully intended to have some kind of family party thing. Hey, you're right. Thing.
1: Yeah, she didn't so cancel the birthday. It was just...
0: She didn't tell them they were doing this or... Like clearly, no one knew. Like, like, why? Why keep that a secret, though? And also, I why bring know. the cake if you're like, "Holy shit, there's a fuckload of animals outside my house." Like, I have to bring the cake right now.
1: Well, because it's your kid's birthday. Because she's not a bitch, right? Like, oh. because she, like, I don't know. It's it's wild because I guess, like, okay, so in defense of the plaintiff, right? <laughs> like, I, I really felt like I remembered her being a total monster, and I feel like this is why. Like, yeah. this the in the very beginning, the birthday thing.
0: It's because she's it's, the one that's yelling the majority of the time. She's the yeah. one that's telling Daniel, no, you can't do this. No, you can't see the kids. Yes, I'm going to go date Pierce Brosnan because he just walked into my office out of fucking nowhere.
1: Hey, you and me both I would you would say no Come to Come on. That. He's not
0: even 007 yet, and I'm already on it.
1: Plus, she's, she's leveling way the fuck up from Robin Williams.
0: Oh, yeah, she road. is, dude. That came off my Mercedes versus that came off my station wagon. Fuck out of here. I'm right there with Sally Field.
1: Well, and also, I'm not saying that Robin wasn't an attractive man, but, like, come on, it's, like, yeah, come on, you've been married to Robin Williams for all these decades, you know, all these kids and stuff, and then Pierce Brosnan wants to fuck you, like, you're gonna get on board with that, that's absolutely, like, going Mm -hmm. to work.
2: 100%. Um,
1: so, uh, but I always, I always remember her being set up as this, like, total monster, and I think it's, it's clear as an adult, um, like, how much she's telling Daniel, like, you always make me be the bad guy. I don't know that I yeah. really heard that part as a kid or really understood it. And it reminds me of, um, they do this a lot in Desperate Housewives with, is it Annette, the blonde? Bro, you were asking the wrong the person right now. <laughs> like- Just throwing that shit out there for those who know, you know. Um, but yeah, it's like, um. This is something that happens to women a lot and mothers because they're carrying most of the mental load and doing all of the planning. And, like, there are situations where, like, if dad doesn't want to set a boundary, like, somebody has to set a boundary. And I think that could go either way with either parent. I just think that in most cases, uh, women are the primary caregivers. And so they're the ones who end up having to deal with it if there's a mess. Right. Well, like it's so I'm trying not to be like, not to just immediately have flashbacks to my own marriage, but I'm like, like the, and I just, I don't know. I had a lot of empathy for Miranda in this where I'm like, yeah, that fucking sucks. Like I can't imagine being in the position that I was in and having kids and how you would come off as not the bad guy when you're the only one willing to set boundaries. And like, but the birthday thing seems unreasonable because, like, what the fuck? I don't understand what I we're like we said that. Like, there's bits where I don't, where I don't.
0: That's get the it. thing. Like, watching it as an adult, you're kind of like, oh, hold on, this isn't like completely unfounded. Now,
1: the, the, I would lose my fucking shit if I came home to that party.
0: Oh, I would too. Absolutely, I would have lost my fucking mind. Are you and kidding she's me? Especially because she's, dude. Yeah, though, So that was what I was going to say. She's greeted by a police officer. She yeah. brought a cake home for her son um, for reasons we still don't know and we'll never find out. But <laughs> the, the biggest thing is during their argument when they're cleaning up the house, biggest thing that Daniel throws back in Miranda's face is that she chose to have a career. And so she chose to be the one that, it, for all intents and purposes, and the, basically the way that he's looking at it is she's the breadwinner.
1: She is the breadwinner, because his ass keeps getting fired.
0: he doesn't fire he quits, or yeah, he gets fired or whatever, so he he's yeah, he, is yeah like quitting that's quitting. so bad, yeah, like,
1: and that's in to the sun. I wish I could tell their kid, like, uh, the reason that they got divorced is not that you had a party. It's that your dad quit his job again,
0: yeah, it's the joke that your sister made at the beginning about how he's off work early, so here's the other like big problem this is where we get like full circle with everybody having like not okay sides of this, Daniel gets it in his almost genius, but totally psychopathic mind that he should just pretend to be a nanny. Which now all of my, all of my compassion for Daniel is gone. All of my compassion for Daniel is gone. Why is this your, your immediate logical conclusion? I get it. We wouldn't have the movie. It's funny. It creates great moments. It allows him to learn things. But at the center of it, of, of all this, you're perpetuating a fraud. You are like literally, ma- dude. It, not only that, like, not even just like you're lying to people. You've now gotten money involved. You're basically stealing money from your wife, your ex wife, who we don't right? know if she's, she's paying him alimony or not. Paid. We don't. Yeah, we have no idea. She
1: probably is paying. That's him what I was alimony. thinking. Let's so he's, be fucking real. Yeah, like, yeah, like I honestly, Miranda, like, is so not the bad guy here it's unreal they're not
0: good people either of them for different reasons but if we are going to put dollars to donuts a thousand pounds of feathers and a thousand pounds of bricks on each other there's no fucking way that miranda is the worst of the two parents in the long run
1: no she's not no what absolutely not he is the worst and here's what's weird here's what's weird before we talk about like the Mrs. Doubtfire move, which is like so fucked up.
0: We're an but, hour into this and we haven't said a single positive thing about this
1: movie. <laughs> I loved it. I gave it an eight point thing. No, I know, I, know. <laughs> I gave it a fucking eight. <laughs> Holy Dude, shit. But but okay, here's what was so weird to me. Just in terms of like not in the universe, not like what are the characters thinking, but like from a writing standpoint. Right. Like the kids fucking love their dad. And Miranda oh, is like, for all these, like, they they make it seem like she's the bad guy. Like, really, the bad guy. Like, it's ridiculous that mm-hmm. he shouldn't be able to be with them. And I'm like, y'all, he does not have it together right now. You don't have anywhere to sleep. You can't go over to his house for more than the, like, you spend the day there. That makes sense. Like, you spend Saturday yeah. with your dad. The fucking tracks, man. What? And, and the fact that the kids are, like, so mad at their mom and they don't get it, I actually think it's all very real.
0: Oh, it is. That's the thing is it's totally real, but it's also real that Liddy is the the oldest daughter is the one that acknowledges that that Daniel needs to fucking pick it up
1: yeah she tells him this right she's like, literally tells him what they're she's
0: like dad we're not gonna be able to keep coming over here and we can't stay with you if you don't get your stuff together and he brushes her off like I'm doing it I'm getting it together and you fucking know he's not yeah
1: exactly like he and I don't understand why the kids like there should have been more emphasis where they did more of that because the, the whole time they're like I wish dad was here I miss D- dad would be so I can't we stay with dad and it's like bitch where like yeah, it's place, like a studio apartment the there's table. four of you yeah where like but, um, anyway, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the the kids, um, what doesn't make sense though, like the, him not having 50, 50 custody, 10 out of 10 tracks. There's no fucking reason he should have any overnight custody. He doesn't have an overnight space. no he doesn't that's not reasonable for all of them even for one night a week it doesn't make sense and it makes sense for the kids to need to be home on a sunday before school and all of the rest of it it makes saturdays makes fucking sense and it's every saturday and
0: that's the thing it's not like every other saturday or once a saturday during the holidays like bro you see them for the whole fucking day i do understand him being a child though and being like you're 10 minutes early Fuck off, dude! Seriously, Grow well, wait—like
1: right. he's such a bastard. Uh, they both actually talk shit about the other person in front of the kids, which is super real, and that bothered yeah. me. And I was twenty years old, and my parents actually divorced. Right? Like I like that's really obnoxious. Nobody likes that, mm-hmm. and I get it. But like, what really didn't track though is like she's going to pay someone to come over to her house to look after the kids. It kind of tracks that it should be him because for a lot of reasons, but it also kind of tracks that it shouldn't. Cause look at what just happened with that party. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't okay. Know. So that's the thing. Like, like let's
1: debate that. Like, should she have let him babysit?
0: I think she should have. And the only reason I think she should have is because it, first of all, it would have, uh, what does she say? She's going to pay him $650 a, uh, a week, uh, every two weeks, $400, $400 a week. She's going to pay him $400 a week.
1: It's pretty reasonable money, though. It like, it's, is, it's especially in San
0: Francisco. A... They're in San Francisco. He's got to live on his own. He doesn't have a fucking roommate, which blows my mind. Right. He has a relatively nice place. It's not this, like, crazy, creepy part of town sort of thing. It's it's not. And, like, he's fine bringing the kids over. Miranda's fine driving there at night. <sighs> what? What tracks for me more than anything and why I think that he should have been the one that, that protect or like, you know, looks after them during the week, just pay him, just pay him to do that. Even cut that payment in half, give Daniel $200 that can show he's responsible enough to look after the kids. He's responsible enough to keep and hold a job or like get and hold a job. He already has his own residence. She He has to fill out, I well, I'm assuming a 1099 unless she's straight up paying him under the table, but.
1: Probably.
0: Treat it like a legitimate job and therefore you're A, appeasing your children. You're giving Daniel something that he desperately wants and you're actually following the court mandate. It's literally, it's a win-win-win. There is no loser in this. The only thing I can think, genuinely, the only thing I can think is that Miranda wanted someone to clean the house, and she knew that Daniel wasn't going to do that. That is the <laughs> one thing that I'm like, okay, that part of it tracks.
1: I mean, that on its own, like I cannot tell you the fire in my fucking soul. Thing, no, about I believe it. I can't even. There's no words for the just how, <laughs> how fucking horrible it feels though to just no, be I, I get the it. cleaning lady. I think the cl- cleaning like did like you don't got to go for like you had me a cleaning but also yeah. um I uh <laughs> I can really yeah you had me a cleaning I'm <laughs> like yeah definitely I would refuse to but I I actually would no like if it came to that if that's what I was looking for and it was my ex and it like say we oh, had yeah. kids and it was like yeah. I needed someone who could reliably fucking like make dinner and clean the house and make sure the kids did their homework Yeah Absolutely not like actually yeah. now that I think like I'm kind of Honestly, it was my note said that it was, that was not reasonable. But as I think about it, I'm like, I don't think she should hire him to oh, do that yeah. uh, or have him like not hire him, not necessarily pay him or not, but, but let but him have be the him one that does be that. person. I wouldn't have either, you know, maybe, and maybe that's not what the movie was trying to say. And it was definitely more from his perspective and the kids really wanted him there. And, but like, no, absolutely not. If that had been my marriage and my ex and, but we had kids, thank the gods every fucking day that we don't. Um, I wouldn't have let him do it either. That's the reason they got divorced is that he couldn't do anything. Well, of that. that's
0: the whole thing is why like. Why the
1: fuck would you? It, then why divorce? If all the time when you're at work, it's still fucking him fucking up all the time. Oh, yeah. Still fucking up the house. Like, yeah. Now, at your house, in your home, then why would. Yeah. No, you know now what? You just got I really the changed my mind.
0: What the hell? I like, would
1: absolutely not allow him back in my house to do any. Of, well, then why get divorced if, it's, if you're just going to keep doing the same thing? So, no, actually, and I get that. No, Miranda. So Miranda has my vote on this. I think she's the, thing. the and, right And thing. She,
0: she totally has the right the right idea and she has the right to do that. Here's the reason that I think that the movie makes you think the way you were thinking versus how it was now that I've broken it down cuz I'm a genius and tall. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I think the movie portrays this as Miranda is just trying to escape Daniel in any and all ways possible. And if that means keeping him from her children for longer, so be it.
1: Yeah. She's a little selfish in it. You're right. She's not totally yeah. thinking about the kids. I think she's right enough not to have him. No, she
0: totally is. That's what I'm cooking saying. Like or
1: cleaning or yeah. taking care of the kids. But because
0: if this, if this is how the conversation had gone, if she's like, I need to go to the bank, I need to get um, this ad in the paper. He's like, what are you doing with the, like an ad? Like, why are you looking for a nanny? Like I'll do it. If she had said, Daniel, you're going to do it, meaning you're going to cook and clean and make sure the kids do their homework immediately. The kids would have been like, Oh yeah, he's not going to do anything." Yeah. Of they that.
1: never really said it. Did they? Yeah, It's just when you think about it, that it doesn't make any like, yeah, yeah there's if a you lot put it in his like, face,
0: you're like, Oh no, like he's not. Well, Even I guess lit- then, or Nat would have been like, dad doesn't do that shit.
1: <laughs> like, then we don't have any like, uh, you know, empathy for the protagonist. <laughs> well, so I guess that finally takes us an hour and seventeen minutes into this,
0: into <laughs>
1: the point, which is that um
0: He's a good father. That,
1: that No, but that that ultimately
0: like <laughs> You learn something.
1: They have to set it up as though he could be the good guy here and not point out all of what we just said super clearly because yeah. otherwise, it just is, just what he does movie. here is no longer funny. It's yeah. just fucking horrendous. Like, we have to have some amount of, of ability in our brain to, like, pretend that he's been wronged in order Which for us he to has. be like, yeah, this like, makes has sense. Some, has he? But has not, he? Not I'm not sure. Okay,
0: hold on. Not to the degree that the, that the movie makes you think. Because again, this is from this is Daniel's story, so yeah. obviously it's going to kind of paint Miranda in this little bit of a redder light.
1: Yeah. I don't <laughs> <have the problem. laughs>
0: like obviously it's got to oh be about God, him. That's like, so funny. First of all, okay. Before we get into this, the whole Mrs. Doubtfire part of this thing. I want you to know that when I think about fancy food and like fancy dinners, it's the scene where he's getting all that food that he got from uh, when he fucked up. Takeout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for exactly the the
1: reason that he's not there. Yeah, for the whole reason. Because he's He's fucking incapable
0: of doing this. But here's the best part about it. And this is where I think we need to finally acknowledge that Daniel, this is a story about Daniel. The very next scene is him literally laying on the couch, taking notes about how to cook. It shows him actually starting to clean the house. It shows him taking responsibility and growing, helping the kids play soccer and making sure their homework is done and actually like being the the responsible, not just fun adult in the room. And I think that's the most important part about this. Granted, we're going to get hilarious shit in the middle where he feels, I don't like Oh, see, I just started like three different thoughts right there. (laughs) So I understand his his defensiveness to Stu, but I don't understand the level with which he continues to pseudo-harass him. Taking the thing off the hood of the car. Stu didn't do this. Stu is a hundred percent innocent in this entire thing. At no point does Stu is Pierce Brosnan, Stu yeah. Stu is Pierce Brosnan. God, yeah. help me. <laughs> he, Whatever. He has, I know. <laughs> have he we has, met? Yeah, I know. He has <laughs> nothing to do with them getting divorced. This was never anything about, uh, you know, so, like she's going after a younger man or anything like that. It was He's nothing about He's not
1: even like that. malicious or He's like... He's not.
0: He's super nice. He even pretends to like... Or, like Not pretends, but, like, he's he loves hanging out with the kids. He invites them to go
1: swimming. He's, like, such a legit
0: guy. He is such a legit guy. And he also is the only one that directly tells the audience, by way of this other guy at the bar, what the rest of the world thinks of Daniel. What can I say, Ron? The guy's a loser. Right? Dude, like... (laughs) Anyone that sees this from the outside is not taking Daniel's fucking side. So he's
1: trading up so hard. And yeah, is. and and he feels like a a loser there, problematic as this is sitting there dressed as a woman, drinking his beer and a heat. <laughs> unable to engage with his family because of the fucking lies he came up oh, with that and he told had for no reason. Yeah, when the courts told him sit chilly and play a dead hand for six months. For real. Get your shit together and don't do anything like this. That was the only ask. And I just, it's like, it all could have been fine. Daniel, like you fucking crazy bastard. I know. But you're right. That is really interesting when they call him out that way. Pierce Brosnan's like.
0: Well, and then like, even <laughs> he's also like, when Daniel saves his life at the end, which also, by the way, for those of you who don't remember, Daniel caused. Yeah, right. <laughs> That whole problem was Daniel's fault, um, because Pierce Brosnan says he's allergic to pepper, and Daniel walks into the kitchen and puts a metric fuck ton of pepper flakes on the hot jambalaya.
1: Just like trying to kill him, casually.
0: (laughs) He's just like, I'm gonna make this dude like have a terrible fucking night. He's gonna be shitting lava, and then it's like, oh my god, I killed him. So when he reveals (laughs) that inadvertently that he's Daniel. Uh, which is also one of my favorites. This is one of the funniest parts of the whole movie. Oh my God, Daniel, the whole time, the whole, time, the
1: whole time.
0: Like that yeah, that's is funny. So that funny.
1: delivery was really good.
0: Yeah. That everything about that is so great. They at least shake hands and Pierce Brosnan's like, thank you for saving my life. Basically. <laughs> like he's not just like, fuck you, dude, you're creepy and weird. Get out of here. Like, Pierce like,
1: Brosnan did nothing. He wrong.
0: didn't, dude. I'm this is that's the fucking lesson of this movie here. There's not Daniel didn't learn shit. It's that Pierce Brosnan did nothing wrong in this movie. He got his car Daniel, destroyed.
1: He <laughs> so weirdly did yeah, he so weirdly did learn a lot of stuff though. And I felt like it was just underdeveloped. Like I feel like it just didn't really come full circle. Like it it, did it yeah. didn't. Like, yes, he learns how to clean and cook and do all of these great things, but he doesn't have any particular like I don't know. He never kind of realizes that he was wrong. Like, yeah, he doesn't really no, learn there's, anything. No, there's no
0: aha moment for him.
1: And it's not even really clear that he was wrong. Like, the way that the kids portray it and the way that we see it from his perspective, like, the movie's trying to tell us that, like, he was always great and he was just being hard done by it. And then look how great he was even as Mrs. Doubtfire. And now he's great again. And, like, It sort of tries to tell us, like, to make us sympathetic for him, right?
0: I mean, to a degree, it does kind of succeed. Because then you're like, oh, he got his big break. He got this show with this, like, TV executive. Because he made fun of the super old man that did the TV. Or that did the dinosaur show. Which, for those of you who don't catch it, they make a joke about how um, that guy is so boring. They make him the mailman in the Mrs. Doubtfire show. (laughs) That. dude it's That's it's funny. really good because he comes in and they're like it's mr sprinkles and he's like mrs doubtfire i've got a letter for you. and it's like holy shit bro just give him the fucking letter That's hilarious. <laughs> but
1: he just so he, like what's weird is like how quickly like you said he has that one scene where he like does yeah, a bad job he's watching martha
0: stewart And he's like vacuuming and it's the risky business scene where he's playing air guitar with the broom and it's like, okay, he's learning. And it's like, the whole scene is the dude looks like a lady scene. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is a great Aerosmith song despite all the like, yeah. But like, despite all of the nineties of it all, but, (laughs) but like, uh, yeah, it's just weird how it feels like very fast that he like, I thought it was weird that as Mrs. Doubtfire, he never goes in and tries to do exactly what he always has done.
0: No, he has to put on this act and this, big, and that, and that's the craziest thing about it. And I think even then, like, like he
1: suddenly can, can set a boundary, though. Like he yeah. suddenly like can make the kids do their homework and gives a shit. Like what the fuck? Like then why can't you do that as yourself and not have gotten divorced, asshole? Like why can't you make those changes when your wife is asking you to while well, you're fucking married, you piece of shit? I really don't like him. The more no, we do you this. really
0: don't. The more that this I, movie goes on, no, the, the, the on. more
1: we talk about it, yeah. it. I didn't come in this hot. I, no,
0: I know you didn't but you've also been drinking <laughs> 16 mimosas so <laughs> That's true. the the big part about it is thinking he, about
1: my ex like nah, fuck I this.
0: god damn it this movie you like, should get a divorce i'm <laughs> <of> a bitch <laughs> like, the <laughs> the biggest part about this is yeah he learns all this stuff but like it's it's one of those like reverse you had it inside you all along things where everybody's like bro where was this the whole time like why? Why? Why can you suddenly now power the vacuum? Why? Can, yeah, like it's like, so
1: fast. Well, exactly. Like literally, you can now turn that fucking machine on.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, now I see how it fucking is. Oh.
0: Like, I get it, okay? And I understand that this is supposed to be funny, and he's supposed to be like, and please, you guys, do not mistake me. I will still watch the shit out of this movie. I love the fuck out of this movie. Yeah, this movie I liked it a lot. So I'm all
1: riled up now thinking about it. He is cleaning. really riled
0: up. I really <laughs> mean,
1: that was a problem. That was the situation. No,
0: I got it. It's a It's a trigger. I get it you know
1: i am i am triggered just i am fucking triggered, triggered by this movie <laughs> like you know what and i wasn't while i was watching it but you're right i'm like daniel never did want to pick up the vacuum go on i just i i swear to fucking god
0: that's the big thing and then he uses this which i'm gonna i i i challenge anybody from their glass house to throw this stone that if you were perpetuating a fraud of this magnitude and had the chance to find out from your ex, directly from the horse's mouth, why your relationship fell apart, he takes that opportunity. I challenge anybody here to tell me they wouldn't do that.
1: Oh no, you would totally do that.
0: Oh, absolutely. He gets it right from her mouth. She thought he was funny. Eventually things didn't go well. And eventually she just thought things weren't funny anymore. He stopped taking jobs. He stopped being serious. Or maybe he was never serious, but like he... It became more about this thing of he gives and she just takes kind of thing. And this
1: is all to her the other way around.
0: No, no, like where he she- gives all of his time and she just takes all of this opportunity from him, or she takes all the fun out of things, kind of you know what I mean. But like
1: Oh, that that's how he felt. I'm like right, by that's how, being that's the what, adult in the room.
0: Exactly. So, so that's when he be. has his aha moment is like, and that's where I have this problem with his like. Malicious attitude towards Stu, he realizes, like, dude, I was not a good husband. Like, I wasn't, like, she was not, you know, she wasn't happy for however long. So, if he knows that and he knows there's no shot they would ever get back together, like, snowballs chance in hell, not even. Why is he so angry about or so defensive about Stu being there? I mean, the pool scene kind of addresses it where he's like, I'll just stay here. Watch you move on my family. God, what am I doing? Like all of that. And I get that. That's fine. Like that's how anybody would think if they saw a new man hanging out with their kids.
1: Like, I get that it feels fast, but again, like you would not say no.
0: Like No, of course you especially
1: wouldn't. Especially when it's been like.
0: Ugh. Especially because she acknowledges that she hasn't been that she hasn't been happy for a while.
1: And yeah, then, exactly. You now she's
0: free. She's doing stuff on her own. She can focus on work without having to freak out about it. In her mind, she's got this amazing nanny at home looking after the kids. Oh my god, this super hot guy who's going to play 007 one day walks in. He's got a British accent. Sign me the fuck up.
1: Had he not been Double O Seven, when no, he wouldn't made? play.
0: Um, so he came shut in as, up. He wouldn't be Double O Seven <laughs> for two more years.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Yep. Um. No, he didn't. He did absolutely nothing wrong. And yeah, like the, like I was saying before about like the mental load. Yeah. Um, and like listeners, if you're not familiar with that concept, check it out because it's really interesting. And it's something that a lot of people don't like totally have crystallized in their mind enough to like address it. But once you understand it, it's like, holy fucking shit. And her not having to carry all of the mental load all the time is ha- like, that is so freeing like having like reliably having like not having to think about all of the things and plan all of the things for other people and like have someone figure out like yeah i know that the kids are fine i don't have to worry about it
2: Mm -hmm. or the house
1: is gonna i don't have to figure out how everything gets cleaned um actually being able to take something like meaningfully off your list and know that someone else is going to do it is not an experience that many women have Mm -hmm. like that's just fucking real. Like, and I can't imagine what it must be like to be a dude and just be like, yeah, it'll get done. Like, and just like, and, and I know not all men are like that. I just no. like, <laughs> trust me, fucking trust me. Like they're like most, uh, like most male, female marriages are most. I.
0: It's funny that you say that because I don't know if I've ever sent this to you or if you've ever seen the video, but there's a video on YouTube where this guy and his girlfriend are arguing about how the guy doesn't do anything. And he's like, watch, babe, I'm going to show you. Every day, I put the the freshly clean <laughs> clothes on the table. And then when I leave and I come back, they've folded themselves. And she's like, exactly. are you fucking kidding me? And so it gets so escalated that they call the police. And a cop, a male cop and a female cop show up. And she's like, are you serious right now? And the male cop is like, no, no. I have the exact same table at my house. The same thing happens there. <laughs> it's like. Dude. dude,
1: this is what I'm. T- like, that's so real. And like uh there's there's a few really good uh articles about like the mental load and just how stressful it is to yeah. have to plan all of that i'm like of course she wants to fuck pierce brosnan her life oh, just absolutely. got so much better and and what continues to be so offensive about it is that her life got so much better because of the guy that she just divorced because he fraud. wasn't willing to do it for her yeah because he wasn't until put to this circumstance this is the only thing like now he had his wake-up call after i fucking divorced you and now pierce brosnan wants to fuck me and you think it's not too late burn in hell
0: so that's the thing like yeah maybe he thinks it's not too late one thing i know (laughs) (laughs) jeez. he like at no point is he ever like i'm gonna win miranda back no he doesn't care about that he knows that's never gonna happen but like i think having the conversation with her in the kitchen helped him realize like oh dude like i'm actually like a massive piece of shit
1: yeah right and like which is great i mean like yeah, he needed to growing. have that moment it's just like it's incredibly uh incredibly shitty that he does it through like yeah. fraud like she doesn't have agency in telling him that she doesn't have any kind of consent in that conversation like, oh, no. it's yeah. so fucked up what he does. Like, when you just think about what he does, like the fact, like, and it's not about the the gender thing, right? Which is like the problem no. that the movie creates. You can have him in prosthetic as an old dude. I mean, think about what, uh, what's his name on Jackass did?
0: Johnny Knoxville.
1: Yeah, there's no reason that it like, like, yeah, it's funnier that How he's is a woman man? and he has a bodysuit and everything, right? But like, yeah. it's no different than what Knoxville does. Like, the gender thing is, is kind of in terms of how horrible a crime this is, neither here Oh, yeah, it's not there. Like, the point is that he has, like, come in disguise into his family home to, like, infiltrate fucking... And, like, oh, my God. Like, it's so gross what he does. Like, I just am like, no, no, Robin, that's terrible.
0: It didn't hit me until, like, just now when we started this episode, but, like, I'm thinking about it. He... The court... Never addresses this at all, but he's been getting. Pay- this is like what blows my mind about this whole paid. thing. He's been getting yeah. paid by her. Yeah,
1: there's money. Yeah, he had, like that is. And like- he
0: has another job.
1: Yeah, you can't fucking, like, that's like lying to the courts about, and you're right, she's probably about your paying income. him alimony. Yeah. yeah. So well, does he have
0: to pay gone. that back? It's a, it's a it's never addressed. I'm
1: sure he has to pay it back.
0: But we never talk about me? it. She even says at the end of the movie, she's like, I've already worked it out. No more courts. And I'm like, you can't just do that on your own. That is not how that fucking works.
1: I don't know. Maybe at this point it is. Okay. (laughs) At this point, they're probably like, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, it's, it is, it is completely insane. And what ends up happening in the end is that it's overshadowed by this. Well, your lifestyle. It's all about the gender. Yeah. They don't even focus on what he
0: actually did.
1: That's what's fucked up. Right. They should be. They should be talking about like the massive. Legal ramifications. Identity fraud. Like that he just committed. Like it is so bad. I'm going to go watch that scene in marriage story
0: oh god every
1: day i wake up and i every wish you were dead
0: i wish you were dead like if i knew the gym would be okay <laughs> i used to watch that over and over again in my you guys want to talk about a movie that talks about what divorce really ha- what happens in divorce yeah, de- fucking Mayor's watch that really that is amazingly messed up movie.
1: every day yeah i well you know because i used to send you the clip whenever i was feeling yep. that way yeah.
0: That was basically all my phone was. <laughs> yeah, just shit? me
1: sending that over and over again <laughs> and fucking what's his Kylo Ran fucking screaming his head yep. off. What's his name? Dude, uh, okay,
0: first of all, that's I can't even with you right now. Like that is a character that he played. His name is was, Adam Driver.
1: Anyway, um, I gave this movie an eight and a half No, no, no like, Hold <laughs> on. I know what I you know. gave this.
0: <laughs> We're jumping into room of requirement because we need some happy shit going
1: on. Well, because I did, for the record, think this was really funny. It's just, it just is, you think about it for more than a fucking second. I know.
0: Yeah. If you go into this as a popcorn movie, th- uh, treat this like the 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 comedy version of Transformers. If you go into it just expecting to watch a funny movie, you're going to watch a funny movie. If you want to sit there and be challenged mentally, holy shit. Just watch Marriage Story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a great review of this, actually. If you want to just turn your brain off, watch this, and have a couple of good feels. Yeah, for real. You
0: just want to have a good time, go for it.
1: If you want to feel good about – no, here it is. If you want to feel good about your parents' divorce, watch Mrs. Doubtfire. If you want to feel good about your divorce, watch
0: Watch Marriage Story. Story. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually really good. I like that.
1: Yeah, that's our tag.
0: So, Room of Requirement stuff. This actually is, a lot of this stuff was really funny to me. Um, And a lot of it is because of the way that Robin works. Um, The scene in in the restaurant when his teeth come out, the prosthetic teeth come out, um, no one knew that Robin was going to do that. Literally no one. The crew didn't, the actors didn't know that. Everyone sitting around that table's reaction is genuine. And it's (laughs) the first take. And it was captured because Chris Columbus knew how Robin worked and was notorious for improv-ing and kept three or four cameras on him every single time they were shooting a scene with Robin Williams to get the, quote, perfect shot. I love that. I don't know why I put up air quotes. It you know, I just said quote, but whatever. Um, it was also reported that there was so much improv done by Robin Williams throughout the making of this movie that there were actually enough scenes filmed to make a PG PG-13 and a rated R version of this movie
1: that's awesome that is awesome. i want to see their rated arm Mrs. so do fire.
0: i and that actually leads us into our next part which is one of the best things about this movie It's actually one of my favorite things about this
1: movie and it reminds me of the jackass thing I and was it does about. yeah
0: i know It's actually exactly what i thought of when i thought about this um robin williams wanted to test the believability of his makeup so badly that shortly after production began of the movie he walked off set for a couple hours and went to a sex shop and bought various sex toys to see if anyone would recognize him. And no one did.
1: That's awesome. I
0: love that so fucking... That is so funny.
1: I love Robert Williams. Like, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of dildos. In in 93, too, it was like, let me tell you, yeah, not always as easy as it is to get some sex toys as it is now.
0: Yeah, it's insane. (laughs) Originally, the movie was also supposed to be shot in Chicago um but chris and robin were doing something in san francisco and robin was like what if we just did it here he's like brilliant
1: he lived in san francisco just north of it he lived in marin county forever yeah he I shopped at the same grocery store uh that like where my dad used to live he saw him one time in the, if you're about in to tell store. me the story
0: about when you saw george lucas eating a burger across the street i'm gonna be so fucking mad
1: I wasn't, but okay, j but similar in case I forgot you guys Robin Williams.
0: <laughs> Lindsay could have potentially eaten a burger next to George Lucas. And she didn't tell me until we met. I can't believe that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I chose to leave Lucas alone. He was having a hamburger good. across the street where I was getting my hair done in Northern California. Oh, like that's in a right. Little, yeah, you weren't getting it. Yeah. Okay. No, well I could have. I mean I could have done whatever I wanted at that point. I was true, But, it's, but I chose to just go back to my car as planned because he was having a burger and that's his private burger time also that was the best hamburger I've ever had was from that place in Corte Madeira so is it still there actually is it in? yeah it's in downtown Corte Madeira in California I don't see why it wouldn't be there it's the best hamburger I've ever had
0: fuck yeah that um, should be on their door the best burger the best hamburger I've
1: ever, lunch lunch ever had. <laughs> had well honestly to <laughs> if I'd seen George Lucas anywhere else I think I might have said something but I was Well, like, that's what I'm food saying food like if, if is- they're not eating
0: I'm fine approaching but like my sister approached Simon Cowell in on rodeo drive when he was eating lunch and i'm like what the fuck are we doing right here she has a picture of with him like he was nice about it and everything but i'm also like bro that's like the one time i would not bother somebody like i met buddha baker who no one but football fans are gonna know i met him at a fucking sushi restaurant and i just sat there pissing myself like holy shit this dude is huge don't turn around um and my cousin was like oh i'm just gonna get a picture with him and i'm like what the fuck dude like we're eating and then yeah, she lost I don't the photo know about
1: a restaurant. What I do know, this is a fact, is that I'm gonna see Taylor Swift live in the concert and I will cry glitter. It's gonna happen. I want to
0: go, but I don't have $48,000.
1: It's not good that well, I got lucky, it's not gonna cost yeah, me $48,000. So I got well, it, cost for her $47. Portrait. that's
0: right i got the really good deal guys so the last two things that i have for these um are just little like fun tally thing like statistics throughout the entirety of the film mrs doubtfire says the word dear 101 times and according to a poll taken amongst cinephiles the most memorable line in the entire film is it was a run by fruiting which was ad libbed by Williams after numerous attempts and fails to successfully strike Pierce Brosnan in the back of the head. That's I love that. It was. Did you not tip them, sir? It was a run by fruiting. Oh, I'll get them.
1: Uh, you know what bothered me? Oh God. <laughs> no, but like I know, right? I'm like I, No, but like really randomly, like I, cause I love the Scottish character, yeah. right? But like. They keep saying Mrs. Doubtfire's
0: English. Yeah. So that's actually Pierce Brosnan tries to like find out where she's from. And she's like, oh, here and there, dear, you know, all over, really. And I'm like, your accent is not from the UK. (laughs) I've never been there and I fucking know that. It's
1: Scottish. No, it is from the UK. It's just not English.
0: Well, English, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. When they're like, they're like, where in in England are you from? And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, obviously. she's scottish why is this a conversation that we're having and the fact that no one ever says on oh, scottish it's like such a strong scottish accent that she speaks with and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> like i just thought that was weird anyway
0: yeah anyway um
1: did you rate this
0: i i actually did give this an eight out of ten still kept that as an eight out of ten it honestly probably would have been higher i still love this movie i still laugh through it, it it's is a great movie to teach you guys about, you know, what it's like for kids to experience divorce. Um, you know, but there is a lot of stuff. There is a lot of stuff that you realize watching this. You're like, wow, dude, Daniel is not a hero here. He's not even an anti-hero. He's just there. Like everything that he solves is because he caused the problem in the he's a repair man. He's like That's all he is.
1: He's the fucking worst. I really have come to hate him through the like it. recording this.
0: There is no villain in here either. I'm not even going to say it was Pierce Brosnan because he so wasn't. We've covered it enough, but hashtag Brosnan did nothing wrong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's no villain. No villain rating. And this is the first time in a very long time that we have just straight up said there isn't one. I'm not not even attempting to say, oh, it could be this or that. But like.
0: There isn't. It's the story. It's just a life story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this was weird. This premise is really strange like in retrospect. Like the whole it's it's weird how much this movie is built out of really overdone tropes and at the same time it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> like it's like stuff we've seen over and over oh, and I know. over again yeah. and Nothing it new. is insane and at the same time it's totally like are it really?
0: Like what the fuck like, are we doing here? <laughs> that's
1: what this movie's about? Holy yeah. shit. Like this is insane. Like it yeah, um so I enjoyed the hell out of it. I just like,
0: I just didn't enjoy it.
1: <laughs> I just like really no. I just I just really passionately hated Daniel.
0: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know what I
1: mean. It's like not great. I, it's mostly just that I think he's terrible. But honestly, I came into this ready to say, yeah, I want to look at it in the right context in terms of the trans stuff, and right. I really liked this movie. But like. I don't know the more we talked about it the more I'm like just like Daniel you fucking are terrible you're yeah. awful you don't deserve custody of your kids oh take God. several seats
0: okay. <laughs> sit the fuck down
1: sit down Uncle Edmure
0: get back on that fucking bus get out of here
1: <laughs> take take us out of here I think that's I will, all we have to say about this uh, I
0: will tick, tack, take us out of here Uh, as always guys thank you all so much for joining us we do hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something i know i did uh, (laughs) a lot uh please join us next week for the lion king
2: yes yes uh be
0: sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media you can find the links to our websites And uh, social media in the episode descriptions. If you'd like to support the podcast, we encourage you to follow us on Patreon where you can uh, catch our special quiz show. I don't know why that always fucks me up. Uh, Rewind (laughs) the timeline. Make sure to check out our website for all the timeline goodies, including our new feature, Request the Timeline. Let us know what you want to see and we'll make it happen, Cap. But until next time, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You guys will be hearing this after Thanksgiving, but I hope you did have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, And stay nerdy.